Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. America's home for college sports. Live from Jake and Joe's in Waltham, this is the Boston College Football Show, presented by Bud Light. For the next hour, we'll have special guests and get you caught up on Eagles football. The Boston College Football Show is presented by Bud Light. Dilly Dilly. And also sponsored by McGovern Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Driven by you, Bletzer and Bletzer PC. Developing long-standing relationships with the clients we serve since 1959. Now it's time to talk BC football. Alongside head coach Steve Adazio, here's the voice of the Eagles, John Meter Perel. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Jake and Joe's in Waltham. Great to have you with us on the BC IMG Sports Network. As we are coming off a bye week, good to see Pete Cronin, my broadcast partner. Pete, nice. how are you? I'm unbelievable. You wouldn't believe it. Oh, I'm sure you are. <laughs> and you're supposed to say, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Here you go. I don't believe you. But you know what, Pete? We say this every year after a bye. It's almost like week one again because I think both of us, you were probably chopping wood up in Maine and doing some household chores yeah. and doing your honey-do honey yeah. list like you Chasing always do. Chasing the woodpecker off the property. Chasing yeah. the woodpecker off the property. These guys. <laughs> And that's yeah, that's good that you're doing that stuff. But we come back after the bye, and we're thinking, all right, turn the page here. Let's go. we got five games remaining, and it's a sprint to the finish. And it all starts with Miami this week on Friday night, the 25th-ranked Hurricanes. But the good news for BC is they're coming off a big win over Louisville, 38-20, to where they dominated for the most part after kind of some dicey moments in between. But they came back, and it was a relentless effort. And we got a guy here tonight. Filling in for Coach Adazio by the name of Rich Gannell, who is a familiar face around Boston College, now the receivers coach on the BC staff, and one of the all-time greats at BC, catching <laughs> bombs from Matt Ryan. Rich, oh, good to see you. Good, good to be here. Appreciate it. Filling in, by the way, this is like a pinch hitter now, Pete. I mean, you know, you know how tough it is to pinch uh, hit? Yeah, but you know what? Here's a chance to hit the long ball. That's true. That's a lot true. of pressure right now. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. I can, you, Sounds you, like I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> the good thing about Gannell is he, at one point, I believe, wanted to be in broadcasting. I did. I did. As you know, that uh, I interned with you guys, I think, my junior year. That is correct. Up early in the morning, getting the coffee and everything. <laughs> how every, tell how all the great ones start. Getting the breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> and you, you, yeah, but I got to give you a lot of credit because you were always there. Absolutely. And you were always on time. Yep. And you were industrious. And you... You said you come in every morning and say, "Meet, what can I do for yeah, you?" No, and that's all, the sign of a good intern. What's What's funny about it is how early I had to wake up and how much of a struggle it was during college. Now I'm up like that all the time. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> and that <laughs> prepared me for this. I asked Rich today, Peter. I'm like, "What time do you get there?" In terms of BC offices, today was six twenty. Six twenty. What's the hard start? Six nineteen or six twenty one? You know, we start the day, typically this day, at 6.45, staff meeting. And uh, we're right on the field for walkthrough, bright yeah. and early. And as you know, right around this time, it's nice and chilly. So it kind of wakes you up anyway. Yeah. 
And are the, are the players are the players bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? Hey, they're used to it. They're into the routine. Right. Week in and week out, it's the same thing. So they're they're right into it, and they're ready to go. There's a, a real method to the madness in terms of the, the way you, the, you have designed the practice schedule, primarily to get, for all the obvious reasons, but get the kids out of bed, get them going. Absolutely. Get the, get the work of the day behind them and then turn them loose and they give, give them a, an, an advantage to get off to the classroom. Absolutely. So I know, like, when I played, you know, it kind of broke our day up because we practiced in the afternoon. So I had class from, you know, 9 to 12, 9 to 12.30, and then we had practice in the afternoon and it kind of separated the day. Um, I know I like this schedule. I know if I played in it and... Like you said, you get practice done in the morning, then the kids got the rest of the day to themselves. Class, tutoring, they eat, all that stuff. So get football done in the morning. It's usually there for a nice four-hour block, and then you're done. How, I, I, how, how do you manage the bye week? We talked to Steve about this a lot in terms of it feels different for the coaches, too, because everybody's kind of wandering around on Saturday. Maybe you can watch some college football, spend some quality time with your family, but it's it throws your schedule a bit off kilter, doesn't it? Uh, a little bit, but, you know, it gives you a chance to recharge. And, you know, Coach Adagio always does a great job with us and giving us, giving us that time to recharge and come back fresh and bright-eyed and get back into the routine. But, you know, it is good to spend time, see family. Got time to spend time with my family who's actually here who surprised me today. Excellent. <laughs> see that? But no, but it, it, it's, it's always good to recharge, like I said, and, you know, get back into the groove once you get back. Because you also miss it. When you're away from it, just for that little span of time, you miss football and you want to get back into it. Yeah. Now you get a chance, uh, obviously the weekend off, chance to watch other people. Not that I'm sure you're, you're clamoring for more football, but <laughs> but you, but I always say that coaches are they are creative and innovative, but, right. but never met one who wouldn't steal a good idea. So did you get anything good from the weekend watching? Well, here's what I'll say. I used to watch <laughs> football yes. all day. <laughs> this time I kind of took a step back from it. You know, you're around it so much. Um, like I said, I got to be around family, and I kind of spent the day with them and didn't focus too much on football for just for just a day. And then uh, I did watch some things. I didn't pick up anything oh. new, but I did, I did watch. You always, you know, you always got to take a little glimpse of it. But watch future teams that we're going to play down the road and everything. But Well, like Pete and I do often, we, we watch the next opponent. And right. Miami was off this week, too. Right, exactly. So we didn't get a chance to watch them. But I did watch the Virginia game mm -hmm. when they played at Virginia, and Virginia beat them. Mm -hmm. uh, they look like a team this year that certainly talented. That's evident at 5-2, and two, yep. ranked 25th, 2-1 and one in the ACC. But not your typical Miami in that they're less explosive. I know your expertise is on the offensive side of the mm -hmm. ball. But you know what it can be like when you have a quarterback situation mm -hmm. in week eight. You're still searching. And that looks like Miami now. And then Kosey Perry and Malik Rozier, who's going to start on Friday night. So they, it's a jump ball for them. So that, that's that's a good thing for BC. Yeah, and, you know, and like I said, I can only speak to, you know, our side of the ball and just watching their defense. They are, they're still explosive, and they thrive on turnovers. Uh, you know, there's a lot of tip ball interceptions, strip sacks on quarterbacks, but that's what they thrive on. Um, but you don't know what you'll get from them sometimes. They're a little up and down, but when they go, they go, and they're, they're a tough team to beat, especially if you're turning the ball over. Yeah, the turnover chain has been much vaunted. 47 turnovers <laughs> in the last 20 games. That leads FBS the last two years. It's an amazing ball hawk unit. Yep. What do you see on film in terms of how they uh, work their defense? They they wreak havoc. You know, they they play fast. 
you know, they attack, they go after the ball, balls are in the air, they're trying to tip it. When they're going after the quarterback, like I said, they're trying to strip it. Um, but they go after the ball because, like I said, that's what they thrive on. That's what gets the team going is forcing turnovers. Yeah, I looked at I watched the UVA game, and the quarterback was, was pressured, Virginia quarterback was pressured. Uh, he showed a lot of escapability. Mm-hmm. He was uh, 21 carries, 61 yards, but four sacks and threw three bad balls. Mm-hmm. It all emanates from pressure. Right. And, you know, if you – you look at the, there's so many. I was looking for uh, quarterback pressures in the stat sheet. They didn't have them, mm-hmm. but I watched the game. There are a lot of them. They're moving that quarterback off the dime. Right. Uh, from your standpoint, obviously, offensively, you get a hold up protection-wise, scheme-wise. Mm-hmm. But the running quarterback seemed to give them some trouble. Right. And, and you know, um, I think we do a good job of also putting our guys in position to make those plays. Like you said, our offensive line is a veteran group. Um, our quarterback, you know, second year in, and he's starting to get a better feel for how we want to do things on offense and getting the ball in his hand so he's not being pressured or taking sacks. And I think, you know, Coach Leffler does a really good job of putting him in spots so he's not being put in those positions where he's got to make so many plays with his feet. And your receiving group this year, you, you're stocked. Mm-hmm. And we always remark about how many guys BC uses every game with mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine distributing in right. terms of receivers. Uh, tight ends well documented, but your group of, uh, you know, you look at Kobe White, Michael Walker, uh, guys like Jeff Smith, Ben Glines, C.J. Lewis has emerged at times this year. Mm-hmm. Glines is more of a more running back now, but <laughs> what you have in that room is something that BC hasn't had in a long time yep. in terms of depth. Right. It's an eclectic group, too. They all have their specific, you know, skill sets that they're that, – you know, we try to take advantage of, especially when we're designing plays for specific people. Um, but they're an exciting group to be around. Um, they work, you know, as, as everybody does, but they work their tails off every day. And there's a, there's a good culture in our room and have a good group of leaders, uh, senior leaders to lead that way and, you know, kind of show younger guys like C.J. Lewis, who's emerging, and Kobe White, who's just in his second year of playing, but showing them the way of how to practice and how to prepare. So it, it's good to have that mix. Right. Now, assuming that you're going to get a steady diet of what was successful, what Miami saw as successful against Virginia, even though they lost. Pressure the quarterback. Yep. They're, I would expect that you have game planning to get the ball out of Brown's hands quickly. That's to be expected. What did, What do you do in the that period of time when the pressure does get to him? He can't run your – he can't do his, his go through his progressions. Your receivers are taught to do what? As a receiver? Yes get open for the quarterback you got to help him out you know especially for a guy uh like i said ab going into his second year playing you want to help give him confidence as well you know and when things are breaking down and the pocket does break down if it happens to and he gets out of the pocket he has to make plays with his feet continue to play and get open for him you know what i mean and you know that's something that we practice and something that anthony does well for us so you know our job as receivers are is to help him out and get him going. Yeah, we've seen a lot of times where you see a play, broken play, if you will, because of pressure. Receiver will go to a secondary route, and secondary will clear out. Right. They're up, mm-hmm. and now second move is to the end zone. Right. It's a big play. Absolutely, and, th- and those are the plays that uh, are backbreakers for, for defensive guys because they feel like, you know, they, they're trying to hit home, but then they don't make the sack, and the quarterback gets out of the pocket and makes a play down the field. So, you know, hopefully we can, if we do get that opportunity, we make those plays. What is the most difficult transition for a receiver that comes to Boston College as a freshman 
C.J. Lewis is a red shirt, but what do you have to learn effectively to get on the field? Our playbook's pretty extensive, um, but it's not hard either. You know, it's really just learning what – here's the thing. I know – and it's at every level. The, the first thing is just lining up, really, where you fit in the formation, where you got to line up, what's your split, all those things. And then once you establish that part, it's, it's just like playing at any level. The speed of the game will catch up with you. But just lining up first, that's the very first thing, and figuring out – the formations we use, motions, shifts, anything like that, that that's the number one thing. And it's, so it's not as demanding as it may be at other places, right. is what you're saying. That's what I, we, as coaches, you know, we tend to make things a little harder than it really needs to be. Um, but in our offense. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> but in, in our offense, you know, we do a good job of kind of whittling things down to make it easier for our guys, especially as fast as we play. Yeah. You know, you know, um, we're an up-tempo team, so, you know, there's certain things that we do to help out our guys and get them lined up faster. Now, there's a little, the, 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 the game within the game, the part that I appreciate most, beyond the, the, the uh, exploits of great catches and athleticism, and is, you know, Steve Adazio sitting in that chair would say, our personality is we are a downhill, up-tempo run offense. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work unless people are blocking on the perimeter. No doubt. So, but you see so many guys who are in that position just don't embrace the right. that part of the game. Right. How do you get them to do that? Well, that's what's different from us and, you know, receivers when, we're, when they're being recruited, they understand that they need the block. Because like you said, we are an up-tempo, up-tempo team that we're, we like to run the football. And you get them to do it because when you show them the film and see when they are blocking downfield, that's when you see 40, 50-yard runs as opposed to 8, 10-yard runs. That's the difference. And... You just got to show them the video evidence of that. Well, and then seeing is believing. The mm-hmm. guy, so they start throwing blocks and they don't think they're going to get credit for it. Then you show it and he, that block sprung the big play. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we harp on. And there's a guy here tonight that you guys will speak with, Mike Walker, one of my seniors, who exemplifies that the best. And you see those guys hustling downfield and making those plays. And it catches on because then later on you start seeing a guy like C.J. Lewis and Kobe White doing the same exact thing because they're feeding off them. So and You're talking to a guy who played with Art Monk oh. and Gary Clark. Yeah. Those guys block? They all block. Yep. Yeah, we have power running team. Right. <laughs> John Riggins, you know. Give the ball to Riggins and block downfield. Yeah, but if they know? didn't block, were they pulled? They, you, didn't make, you didn't survive unless you, you had to be balanced. You, can, right. you couldn't be one-dimensional. You had to be able to get in there and mix it up. That's how our offense works. Yeah, no, and I think that's the game within the game that a lot of fans don't see. They see mm-hmm. the big catch numbers, but they yeah. don't see the guy that can throw a block. Right. So, and even, and I think maybe, maybe a better example of that is move a little closer to the ball mm-hmm. the way the tight ends play here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tight end intensive offense, sure, they throw the ball to them, but these guys are – for lack of a better descriptive, and it's not a shot at them, they're, they're glorified offensive linemen. These guys are really yeah. critical to the offense. Absolutely. And, I mean, we asked a lot of our tight ends, too, and, you know, Coach Leonard does a great job with those guys because they're, they're blockers, they're route runners, they're pass catchers. They do it all. And you see a plethora of those guys, and they all do it really well. And, you know, that, they, that's what makes us different than throughout the country. A lot of teams don't use their tight ends the way we use ours. Well, that's a bit of a... We talk about this. The ACC tends to be five wide now. Mm-hmm. You know, zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of stuff. Spread them out and throw it downfield. And they talk. You always talk about how difficult it is to prepare for like a Georgia Tech who runs the right. wishbone or the, mm-hmm. the triple option. Okay, so you say, oh, it's 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 that 
It's that bastard set you have to prepare for. Well, Boston College has got a little bit of that going with the, with the two tight end offense, don't they? Absolutely, because like we said, a lot of teams are spread. They don't do what we do. They don't line up in two tight ends or line up with a tight end in an I formation. Not a lot of teams do that. So they also may not have that personnel to practice that you know, throughout the week. Yeah, I was looking at uh, Miami's personnel, the depth chart. They've got a guy called the striker, and I'm like, who's the striker? It's going to be the nickelback. Right. Now, I looked at his height and his weight, and I said, okay, so he's a big part of that offense, defense, because they right. gave him a name. Right. You know, he, <laughs> they may not be using him Friday night. Right. You know, so, so that's they a, may. That's the funny thing. You do look at their depth chart, and they have 12 people listed, yeah. and now they got to list their Sam linebacker, which, you know, probably what we may see. Right. You're going to see a different right. pro- <laughs> prototype because of the way you guys run, Absolutely. which is forcing them out of their comfort zone, Absolutely. which is, which is a game within the game. Meet, yeah. Learn something every Monday night, don't you? I certainly do, Pete. There's no doubt about that. Rich Cannell is our guest, filling in very capably for Steve Adazio <laughs> here on the BC Football Show as we will continue. As Rich mentioned, good preview, Rich. We will have a couple special guests as well, Aaron Montero and Michael Walker from the BC team, two key elements on Boston College's 5-2 and two run thus far. So we will look forward to hear from Rich Gannell coming up next from Jake and Joe's in Waltham after this from Anheuser-Busch. Quarterback is thrown for 97 yards. He's 8 for 16 in the shotgun. Eagles showing blitz. Pass back to throw. Here comes the pressure. They bring him down at the 14. It's Wyatt Ray with his second sack of the day. Live from Jake and Joe's, you're listening to the Boston College Football Show, presented by Bud Light. Once again, here's John Meter Perel. And welcome back to the BC Football Show. Jake and Joe's in Waltham off Route 128. They do a tremendous job at Jake and Joe's. This just in the World Series starts tomorrow night, Pete. I don't know if I you've heard. I didn't know that. Are did you, you kidding? Who's in did it? Did you hear? Who's in it? I think maybe the Red Sox oh, against uh, the Dodgers. I'm going to have to watch for a change. <laughs> I think you're going to have to check it out. And Jake and Joe's is your place to watch every World Series game, every Monday night football game, every college football game. They come in here, every NFL game, you name it, they got it at Jake and Joe's and Waltham, and it's a great staff as well. We thank them every Monday night for their help. Here on the BCIMG Sports Network, he's Cronin Amita Perel, Rich Cannell, BC receivers coach, filling in for Steve Adazio. And it's amazing, 10 years ago, Rich, you were tearing it up on the gridiron. Yeah, 10 years ago, about 25 pounds ago. You look good, man. Nah, I, I You're look your awful. playing weight. <laughs> this is what coaching does to you. <laughs> Sit, watch film, and eat food. You're not <laughs> eating donuts in those rooms, a lot, of guys, a lot of guys in that business. Well, you so. know, Coach Adazio, Italian guy, we get a lot of pasta, a lot of pizza. No, of course. Yeah. You know, he pulls out limoncello a couple weeks ago. Yeah. We didn't get anything. With the broadcast crew. You think we got anything? <laughs> not that. that would be bubkies. Nothing. nothing. Zilch, nada. He owes us limoncellos. We have them on the record. I, I hope that Nutrient reminds him that he promised it. Yes, yes. Have you ever have, been? No, we have not. Oh, I have not. Boy. He has, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great spot. You're missing out, me. I know. I, I heard. I heard. Trust me, I heard. But 10 years ago, you had an outstanding career, left as the BC all-time leading receiver, uh, catching passes from Matt Ryan. Then you go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I think Pete and I always thought that you would be a terrific pro receiver, great hands, great speed, knew the game. When you look back on that experience for you and where mm-hmm. you are now, what do you think about Uh Something that I preach to my receivers all the time, how important special teams is, as we take great pride in now. And, uh, you know, my, what I think, what held me back was that I wasn't a great special teams player. You know what I mean? I didn't play on all phases. I was mostly a return guy. And at that time, they had probably three or four return guys in front of me, so I didn't stand a chance. But 
something that I preach to my guys, especially if they have aspirations of playing at the next level, is how important special teams is and the difference it makes in a game. And that's something we work really hard every single day. You know, it's something that Coach Adazio is very hands-on with, and he harps on a lot because it, it does make a huge difference in a game and field position and, and all the things incorporated. As, as you know, the last two weeks we've blocked, you know, a punt against NC State for a touchdown and against Louisville. Game changers. Game, game changers, complete game changers. Yeah. And a great, a great point in that uh, I, I'm, a, I'm witness to it because I get mm-hmm. over to practice. I see the great the job that, that uh, Ricky Brown does as the coordinator, but everyone's got – Right. A role, mm-hmm. uh, and I always, I'm a product of the of the '70s, and the guy who was the pioneer in special teams with, with George Allen, mm-hmm. who was the first coach to really focus on it, it as a phase, and his philosophy was: you either coach the special teams to win for you, or you coach them not to lose <laughs> for you. And there still prevails a mentality: a lot of coaches don't give it the time and energy and the priority. They're coaching so it doesn't beat them instead right. of coaching it so it can win a football game. And you guys are a perfect example how much that, that the momentum can change in one play. Absolutely. From the springtime to training camp, we work on so many different fundamentals for it uh, and just teaching guys the different, you know, kickoff return, what you got to do, sing and absorbing, how to double team a guy on kickoff or when you're on kickoff, sticking and stacking, using speed. I mean, there's so many different tools that we have. And that we harp on every day. It's like it's like a it's like our own little mini culture that we have a part of our team, the special teams unit, and the different lingo that we use that everyone you know kind of has a grasp of. I'll tell you what was phenomenal about the Louisville game, which BC won 38-20. Nolan Borges, mm. who came to BC as I believe the all-time leading receiver in New, New Jersey, Jersey history, yep. right? And you're yep. a New Jersey guy. I am a New Jersey guy. He's a Jersey guy, and Pete and I said, "Man, that's Borges, and where's he been? Right. Now he's a defensive back." Right. So when he there's an example of a kid that comes in with much acclaim. Mm-hmm. He's in your room. Now he goes to defense. Yep. What do you tell that kid to remain confident? Uh, you tell that kid you, you stay at it. You know he's a, he's a that's kind of another great thing about our team. Our kids are great. You know what I mean? And you know they believe in what we do and believe in the message. And then you get proof of it with something like that. A guy just sticking with it, and making a huge play for our team, and. When you see younger guys kind of go through that phase of, oh, I'm not playing enough, I'm not this, I'm not that, whatever, just sticking with it and good things will happen to you. And, and he's, he's a great example He's of always it. remained committed to it. He always has. That's great. Now, that goes back to recruiting, obviously. Mm-hmm. One, I'm, I'm a, familiar with the general philosophy, but big changes in wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That position, I don't think for many, many years, with a few exceptions, you may be one of them, didn't scare a whole lot of people on defense. Mm-hmm. Different world today. You've got a, a, a you describe them as an eclectic group. Eclectic, just bring in, <laughs> just bring in the tangibles. Right. There's a, you got size, you got speed, mm-hmm. you got uh, you got uh, span. I mean, there's there's a lot of moving parts over there that that should typically go back probably before Steve got here wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And what's the what's the shift in philosophy or? Um, you, and, you know, we mentioned earlier about our guys being able to block. So you notice a lot of our receivers are getting bigger. You know what I mean? And uh, because we're asking to block linebackers, the guy to block safeties who, you know, are 210, 215 pounds. And then you got these, a lot of teams got bigger DBs nowadays. There's yeah. a lot of 6'1", 200-pound corners. Yeah. If you got a lot of little guys, it's hard to get open, you know. And, you know, we're kind of shifting t- more towards longer guys, quick twitch guys, strong hands, and, uh 
you know, more more of a physical thing. Are you? I was listening to uh, <coughs> Coach Belichick talk about his receivers. He was describing receivers who, when the ball hits their hands, mm-hmm. it's velvety uh, as compared to a hammer on a bell. <laughs> and I'm sure the velvety touch is. And I never thought of that. You can mm-hmm. probably go watch a receiver work right. out, and you can hear if he's a good good receiver or not. Yeah, it's. It's the sound that I always make, too, in our room when we're watching things and you see guys catch the ball. I I know exactly what he's talking about, Um, but you you can see that a lot, and it's something that usually comes with the guy. It's not something that's learned. It's usually just a natural thing. And it's going to be hard to have. I mean, that's just a DNA thing probably, right? Right. It is. It is. Um, You know, guys can always develop and and get better at catching, but, like, that, that, what we're talking about is, is a natural one of those guys I think it's really developed as a receiver. He was a quarterback, Jeff Smith. Right. Who's a weapon. He's a mm-hmm. jet sweep guy. Mm-hmm. He's he's touring touchdowns. He's he's, he's he's a wide angle field guy. He's everywhere. What has it been like to coach him? Oh, it's it's been great. And, you know, like I said, him, Mike, Elijah Robinson, my three seniors, they're 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 those are my guys, you know, and I've had them when they were younger, uh, as sophomores and just watching them grow and develop into, you know, leaders of that room, but just specifically, you know, court, a former quarterback, as you said, his speed. He, I always mess with him because you watch him practice, you watch him do things. He's watching a lot of guys like Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, and he tries to, you know, emulate a lot of the things that they do. And I'm like, Jeff, listen, I understand what you're trying to do. I know <laughs> it looks pretty. Can't always can't always go for that though. <laughs> no, catch, catch the ball, <laughs> right? Yeah. Catch the ball, speed. get upfield, absolutely. Yeah. Well, he's he's a perfect example of a guy at being unselfish. Here it came as a quarterback, yep. uh, highly recruited, had high expectations of playing in that position. Mm-hmm. Was presented with an opportunity to move to a different position because he brought a whole new set of skills mm-hmm. to wide receiver, most particular, more most particular speed, right? And he. Uh, he's fun to watch when he's got the ball in his hands. Yeah, he is, and, he, and he's adapted well. And like I said, he's grown every year. You know, sophomore year was a learning experience for him. But he's one of those guys that kind of had a natural catching ability and natural route running ability. He had really, really great feet and uh, something that we noticed when we were talking about, you know, switching positions with him. And, you know, but he's been, he's been a pleasure to be around. And, you know, my whole room, I, I love those guys. Is there a guy under the radar, maybe a little red shirt this year that – Fans are going to be able to say, hey, man, that kid's really emerged. Maybe next year at this time we'll be talking about filling the blank. Who do you think that is? Uh, we've got a few younger guys that have been, you know, busting their tail every day. Uh, you know, we have a kid from Rhode Island, uh, Jelani Galloway, who's a freshman, who has that natural catching ability. And he's a longer kid. He runs really well. Um, he kind of fit in that mold, like you said, of what we're trying to get to. And but just like everything else, he's just trying to learn how to line up right now. <laughs> so he's getting that part down. But that's that's definitely someone you want to look for out, look for in the future. And Noah Jordan Williams. Noah Jordan Williams. Yep. From Syracuse, who yep. had a great spring. Yep. And I know has been working very hard. Yes, he has. What does he bring? He brings strong upper body. He's a physical kid. He's like about probably 200 plus pounds. Strong hands. Um, quick twitch guy. Uh, that that's kind of what he brings. So you've got a great future over the horizon, short-term future going into this football game this week. Give us a sense of how, coming off the win, obviously, it's a great victory against a, 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 an opponent that poses 
a challenge at every position because they are athletic as hell. Man. They, look, they get the, the award for looking good coming off the bus, right? <laughs> you know, but the but you get another good team that looks good coming off the bus coming up Friday night. Yep. But the week off, you healed up, mm-hmm. you feel good week, a lot of energy. How's the team's kind of, how's their mojo going? Into uh, the the mojo's great. And like you said, coming off a win like that and the way it happened, because, you know, we started out a little slow. Actually, we started out fast. And then had a little lull in, 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 in there, you know, a few turnovers. But um, the way we, they fought back and the end of the game, the block punt really ignited us by Nolan. And um, it was it was good for us. And it's good, for again, for everyone to recharge, take a step back, go see family, relax, catch up on some academic work, which is huge. As you guys know, being a BC student is not easy. Uh, it's not even league education at that. But um we're feeling good coming into this game. We had a nice practice today. You know, we'll have another good one tomorrow, and you know, just just keep grinding every day. And the the week, dial it back a little bit. You know, Steve talks about the intensity level of practice tends to translate to the intensity level on Saturday, but there's a fine line between doing too much and not doing mm-hmm. enough. But the the time off had, I imagine, you guys had a chance to heal up. Absolutely, and you know. It's good for them, but as we get closer to the game, the intensity level really amps up mentally as opposed to physically. You know, the physical part usually early on as coach always schedules it that way. And then as we get towards the end, it's really heavy mentally and making sure we're, you know, really on top of our assignments. Now, when I talk to the, the, uh, the players, upperclassmen, they're running out of runway. Five weeks. <laughs> Hell yeah. And a bowl I mean, game. And, and it's, a, it's a function of... Do you see the end of the runway, and does it have to change the way you think? No, I, I, I'm sure if you ask them, they're, they're week-by-week guys. You know, they're focused on this week, focused on being Miami, and whatever happens after that happens after that. So he's got the coach speak down. He's <laughs> as good as Adagio. He's learned well. Oh, Better as a matter of fact. It's going to be a showdown. We love Friday night football at the Heights coming up at 6.30. Our broadcast time, 7 o'clock, the kickoff on the BCIMG Sports Network. BC and number 25, Miami. He's Rich Cannell, BC receivers coach. Coming up, we'll be joined by a special guest from Jake and Joe's Waltham. After this, from Nissan. Fourth down and 80 to block punt. Block punt available in the end zone if they can track it down. And they do. Touchdown, Boston College. Travis Levy got it again for the second straight week. He recovers the block punt. This is the Boston College Football Show, presented by Bud Light. For more of tonight's show, let's go back to Jake and Joe's with your host, John Meter Perel. And great to have you, as always, on a Monday night at Jake and Joe's. Actually, next Monday night, Pete Cronin, we are going to be on location at BC's Hillside Cafe from 7 to 8 o'clock. So we're going to be on campus. It's our version of game day on Monday night, 7 o'clock at Hillside Cafe. Are you ready for that? I will be then. <laughs> I got a whole week to prepare. You got a whole week. I'm going to start a physical now, get to I, the mental. I know you feel very uh, energized whenever you're on campus because, you know, Cronin is a, what, 1947 grad? Was that longest four, longest four years of my life? <laughs> 1947. Approximately. So we're going to get you back on campus next week. We invite you to come out and join us there. But always, we'll be back at Jake and Joe's the week after. But, you know, Pete, we kind of, uh, Rich Goodell's done a, Heck of a job tonight filling in for Steve Adazio. We're going to elevate even more, as Rich would say, with Mike Walker and Aaron Montero, two key cogs in the BC offense. Mike Walker, outstanding returner, leading the nation in combined kick return yardage. Aaron Montero has been a multi-year starter on the offensive line. And the BC offense is averaging 40 points a game 
Most points scored by BC through seven games since 1940. That is staggering. 271 points. These guys are a big part of that. Welcome, guys. How you doing, Mike? I'm, do- I'm doing well. Great to see you, man. Thank you. Don't be intimidated here. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, good to see you, man. Nice to see you, too. Uh, the offense this week, you're going to be up against it against the Miami team that thrives on turnovers. What do you guys see in the Miami defense, and what concerns you, if anything? I mean, I'll go first. So just as you said, that if we thrive off of turnovers, that's, I mean, they got the turnover chain. That's what they're known for. They've been, they've been doing that for, what, two years now? So. Yeah. So that's definitely a big component of their defense, and that's definitely how they get their momentum shifts and get the get the game flowing in their in their in their way. So that's definitely a big component that I would say. And I mean, they're ball hawks too, so definitely in their secondary. And when you watch the tape with Rich Canal in the receivers' room, what do you see from their defensive backs? I mean, they're they're physical, they're fast, and I mean, they're they're, they're going to be making some plays, going to be con- some contested balls, and we got we got to come down with them. So now you got a. We were just talking about. I don't know if you were here in the building, but. The, the uh, I would say that the uh, not the dark side of being a receiver, the, the hard side of being a receiver is blocking. Now, you guys, without wide receivers throwing blocks, this running attack is is not quite as effective as it as it would be. Definitely. So I'm not you. You kind of fit a different profile because I believe in in your other job that you possess an extra chromosome. Because uh, and I'm and because fearlessness is it's either you're either fearless or fearful. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, it's it's working for you and, and, and returning kicks. Thank that's, you. That's a tough job. Yes, sir. Now, I used to try to hurt people like you. So, so but when but uh, those days are long gone, Mike. Don't worry. But the uh, so when you when you are receiving the ball, what's your mentality? What what, what walk us through what it's like when the ball comes down. Leaves a foot of the opposing team's kicker or punter. Ball comes down. What's going through your head? I mean, honestly, probably not much. I mean, kind of. I kind of think it's kind of just natural. I mean, for me at least, you can't really think too much because if you're thinking too much, then you mean you might might drop the ball. You, you can't be overthinking things. So you kind of just. I mean, definitely on punt returns, I'm just kind of looking up, kind of scanning the field, looking both ways, and then finally, as I catch the ball, just gotta gotta make that one person, the first person miss, and and get vertical. It's all about getting vertical. So. Downhill, man. That's yes, sir. exactly it. That's and, it. And he does it better than anybody. And Aaron, 6'7", 320, left tackle. And you've done a heck of a job securing the pocket this year for Anthony Brown. What's the progression been like for you since coming out of Brockton? You were a star at Brockton High School, local local guy. What's it been like from day one to now for you? Uh, it's just a lot of hard work. Um, when I first got here, I was out of shape. I wasn't ready to go. And, I mean, just over the years, it's still a learning process every day to get back in and just keep working every day to work on your craft and work on what it takes to play at a high level. What's the hardest part about being an offensive lineman at BC? Uh, you gotta, you got to live up to the name. You know, the school is known for putting out offensive linemen and making men and making just good players and good physical guys. And I think that's just, like, the tough part is just living up to that each day we come out to practice and each game we can play. And was it a... Tough transition for you. Brockton's obviously a powerhouse, but when you came to BC, what did you have to learn to mature to be a starter? Um, I think I just had to adjust to the speed of the game. Obviously, it's a different level from playing high school now to Division One football. I think that was the biggest uh, adjustment at first, and then obviously the the plays being more in depth and uh, knowing more the intricate details about each play and each call that we have is a lot more complex than it was in high school. Now you've got a new offensive line coach this year. Um, talk about the the, the the offensive line being together for. I've got a stat here. It's like a 
170 consecutive, uh, 138 career starts for the front five, the first five guys. It's a lot of football. Yeah. But you get a disruptive event. Now you get a new offensive line coach. Uh, how'd that? How'd that all transition? Um, we we were we were hurt at first when uh, Coach Fry left because we were already close to him. But Coach Trout Coach Troutwine came in and felt like we didn't really miss a beat because he was here when we were all freshmen. We were all young guys. He was a GA at the time, and so we kind of had still had that same connection. And to have him back, it's been it's been great. I mean, we just kind of just um, are with him every step of the way. He's with us, and we trust him that he's going to get us in the right plays and get us in the right uh, techniques and things like that. And the Miami defensive front. Kid named Gerald Willis, who likely will be an NFL player. They have NFL prospects all over the field. Linebackers are very good. What do you see from their defense? Um, their front seven, specifically, just tough physical guys. They, they like to make plays. They're quick. They're um, they're strong. They're physical, and that's just that's how that's what we've seen all week and all last week on tape. Is the mantra this week from the coaching staff, or just today, even at practice? Rich told us you guys were very spirited. The mantra has got to be. I'm, I'm guessing to play BC football downhill, smash them in the mouth. It's going to be a little cold. Miami probably doesn't like that. You guys both can answer this question. That's going to be a major advantage for you, right? Yeah, definitely. I think that it gives us an advantage that we get to practice outside in this kind of weather all week and get used to the being cold and getting used to the wind hitting our skin and just like getting ready for that. And and we play up here all year round, so the cold weather is like second nature to us. My mic getting off the line against the secondary is no easy task, but when it gets a little cold, that might be easier, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say, just as he said, we're we're getting used to it as a, as, a, as we've been practicing throughout the week. We haven't been using the indoor much. We've been we've been outside, so we've been getting used to that that cold weather. And I mean, as far as getting off the line, I mean, yeah, you get a you get a little stiff when it gets a little cold out. So you gotta you gotta make sure you get warmed up nice and well before you before going on the field. So we've seen a number of uh, over the years a number of southern and dome teams come into this park and um, just cower because of the weather. Definitely. And, and uh, you know we we kind of make light of it, but it's definitely an advantage. You go out there and knock them around. And Florida State last year. Yeah, they didn't like it at all. We actually short story we're playing. Syracuse here, last game of the season. Dick McPherson's the coach. The receiver dropped the ball, came off the sidelines, put the gloves on. Coach McPherson rips off his jacket. He goes down to his T-shirt, rips the gloves off the kids, rips the jacket off his shoulders, saying, hey, stop warming up, man. It's, mm-hmm. it's cold out. Get over it. Yeah. And, of course, the Boston College kids didn't miss, miss a beat, and it was a great victory for the Eagles. But uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a legitimate advantage for you guys. No question Definitely. about it. When, when someone asks you what it means to be a BC football player, you guys can both answer this. What does it mean to you, Aaron? Um, I think it just means being a part of a, a team, just having a special brotherhood that many, I feel like many other teams out there don't really have. I think it's you're a part of something special. You're a part of, not, I mean, even if you guys do good or bad, you got a good supportive fan base. you got coaches that care about you. you got teammates that love you. And I feel like that's just something that's been always been preached to us since we got here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. Playing hard-nosed physical football its definitely what we've been about since I've been here. I mean, definitely pounding the rock, running. I mean, as, as Aaron knows, definitely known for our running offense. And, I mean, even as a wide receiver, I'll speak. I mean, I love going in there and blocking. And, I mean, I love doing doing my thing, anything that I could help to help our team be successful. So it's definitely a big part of our team. See, Gunnell's got him coached up. I liked it. Yep. <laughs> I like the way Rich operates. <laughs> Coach Gunnell, 
Good stuff, Coach. The, one last quick question, though. The uh, you know, with the, you're you're looking at. I pose this to Coach Ganell, but so you're in the second half of the season. You're both seniors. Um, it'd be hard not to get excited every day at this point in your collegiate careers, in my opinion. But I don't know. It's a it's on, you guys got a got a great opportunity ahead of you. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you got to take practice, going to every practice like it's a game. I mean. You only got a few left right now for both of us, and I mean, we just gotta take every practice. Like, I mean, you never know; it could be our last. So, you gotta go all out every single day, and I mean, make the most of it. Enjoy sure the brotherhood. You, I'm sure, you will. The yes, brotherhood, sir. absolutely. <laughs> yes. And Aaron, uh, I think every kid that comes to BC as an offensive lineman is probably looking at guys like you know, you could go down the list: Jeremy Trueblood, Dan Cope, and Josh Beekman, who's on the staff this yeah. year. Guys who have thrived in the NFL. Uh, I know Coach Dowser doesn't like you guys to look ahead, but in terms of your future. Are you thinking about that a little bit? Uh, I mean, it's definitely in the back of my mind. It's been a dream of mine since I was a kid. But, um, I mean, at this point, I, I, I've really bought into what we have going as a team, and I really just want to focus on each game, each practice, each day, just getting better and better and seeing what opportunities present themselves. Good answer. Good answer. Page two of the playbook. Well, I, 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 I got to tell you, though, and both of you guys have a great shot to make it. There's no doubt about that. With what PC's done, especially in the NFL in the last five years, but Mike Walker, and Pete talks about this a lot, you profile as a great returner because you run north-south. Yes, sir. You take it downhill. And a lot of returners do not do that. Even in the NFL level, it's east-west. And, Pete, the, you're a north-south guy. The thing about a north-south runner is a downhill runner in the kicking game is you're never out of the play until the whistle blows. So what I learned is I was throwing a lot of blocks. I'd throw a block, and we had a culture that if you threw one block, you didn't hear the whistle, you went through another one. And you saw a lot of two and three block sequences, and you had a down a, a, a return specialist. Mike Nelms was the guy who was a pro bowler when I played. This guy was downhill. He was never out of the play until the whistle blew. So everybody was always throwing the extra block because you knew we were getting the extra effort out of him. Mm -hmm. And it turned into some he turned into some big time plays. Yes, sir. So, so keep the north south. I will. <laughs> All right, Mike Walker, Aaron Montero. Great to see you guys. Thank Good you. luck Friday night. Thank you. Looking forward to a big game. There's no doubt about that. BC and Miami coming up Friday. We'll talk more with Rich Cannell after this from Jake and Joe's and our good friends at Bletzer and Bletzer. Eagles quickly up to the line of scrimmage. Tempo certainly their friend. High formation to give to Bailey. Up the right side. In. Touchdown, Boston College. BC and David Bailey. They found a new star running back. It's 30-20 to 20 Eagles. This is the Boston College Football Show, presented by Bud Light. For more of tonight's show, let's go back to Jake and Joe's with your host, John Meter Perel. How about freshman David Bailey, the reigning Maryland Player of the Year? BC now one of eight teams nationally to have multiple 100-yard rushers in two or more games this season. Bailey, 28 carries, 112 yards, and that touchdown in the 38-20 win over Louisville. All right, I, I got it on, uh, on on alert. Yeah, what, what's the alert? Rich Gunnell recruited him. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. How about that, Rich? Congratulations. Yeah. Well Thank done, you. my man. <laughs> I hope there was a raise at this part of that. No, no, no. I won't, we won't talk about raises. <laughs> no, but that that's a kid that we look at and say, man, that, that could be your next great BC running back, right? Yeah, no, he's a great, really good player and something we noticed when, when recruiting him. You know, it was how, how well his feet were for as big as he is. You know, and he, you know, he runs pretty well. And just going down and recruiting him and being in this town, everyone loved that kid. And as you know, we recruit, you know, specific type of kids. 
and they have to fit, you know, the mold of being a BC student athlete. And he, and he exemplified that just going out and being around them and recruiting him and being around his family. Have you ever seen the dancing bear? I have not. Well, that's what he looks like—a dancing bear, <laughs> a big old bearish body type. And he's got great tattoos. He's also croning on the dance floor at a wedding. <laughs> So, I'm leaving that one alone. <laughs> I've seen that in action. One thing we got to mention, guys, before the keys to the game with Rich Gannell, join the BC Gridiron Club and support the Eagles. Awesome home game, tailgates, exciting road game bashes. Next one coming up November 2nd in Roanoke, Virginia. Unprecedented team coverage and access. Sign up today at bcfootballgridiron.com. And, of course, go Eagles. Paul Cristione, Don Terrian here tonight at Jake and Joe's, as always. And they are a huge part of the BC football program. We thank them, as always, for their support. And, Rich, our McGovern Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram keys to the game, 777 Washington Street in Newton or McGovernJeep.com. They have hundreds of cars to choose from. Offensively, the Eagles facing a tenacious Miami defense. What do you have to do to get a win? Take care of the football. You know, we talked about earlier how this team thrives on turnovers. Uh, We have to take care of the football in all phases, protecting the quarterback and Make sure we're catching the ball and securing it, running it, running with it high and tight, all that good stuff, and moving the chains, um, just getting first downs constantly, and you know doing what we do on offense and making them have to defend us. Is it a week off situation where you're worried as a coach about the team coming up, for lack of a better term, flat? You think that's an issue? Uh, I don't think so. I think you know, coach put down a very great plan for our guys to. You know, they, we had a couple practices last week, and then they've also had a good mix of having some time off to recharge their bodies. Um, but I think they've handled it pretty well, and they came out today and had a really good practice and, you know, put another good one together tomorrow. So when you we Friday night when a couple of your guys make big plays, you don't mind us mentioning your name in the mix? Nah, you mentioned their names. I'm just on the back burners now. My time's up. Uh, you'd be surprised. You say nice <laughs> things about nice people. <laughs> Well, this Appreciate is, it. and one thing we haven't mentioned tonight is you started in, at Marion High School as a, as a head coach right down the road. <laughs> humble both beginnings. Framingham guys. You're a Framingham guy, too. Humble beginnings. Humble oh, beginnings. Humble beginnings. Yeah. When, you, humble beginnings. when you started that job, was this was BC always on your radar to be a coach at BC? I, I'm a day-by-day guy. Um, you know, it's always you know, great to come back and coach your alma mater, but no, it's always been thoughts, but not nothing too crazy. And, you know, when I got the call from Coach Dazio having me, you know, have an opportunity to come back, you know, I jumped all over it. I mean, before I even read the whole text, my wife already told me to take the job, so. Smart man. <laughs> Listen to your wife. Yeah. Well, you're, you're talking to the all-time legend at the at the late frame at Marion High School. The late, yes. The late Marion High. Unfortunately, rest in peace. Rest yep. in peace. But Cronin yeah. had what? It was like, he was like the Doug Flutie of Marion, oh, yes. wasn't he? Absolutely. Had it all going. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. there's no video. So it's all hearsay. <laughs> Cassette tapes. Yeah. Not, not even those. Right. <laughs> not even those. Eight tracks. But there was no video. And, no. and you guys know what Friday night means. That's big time football. Doug Flutie will be there with the 1983 team. The 1993 team will be saluted as well. And don't forget, it's Red Bandana Night at BC. Big game. Wells Crowther Absolutely. and what he did, not, not only at BC, but after BC, a true hero of 9 11. The late Wells Crowther, and we will be talking to his parents on our broadcast as well, Pete. We always look forward to that. So what does that mean for the BC team? Uh, it's it's an emotional game for us. We know how much Wells done for BC and, like you said, for this country. You know, it's it's a huge thing. And, 
you know, coach does a good job throughout the week of explaining, especially to the, like the new freshman coming in, how important this game is and what the meaning of that game is and what that guy did and sacrificed his own life to save others. And, you know, it's huge for us, and that game's going to be an emotional game. It kind of brings out a different energy for us. Couldn't ask for a better representative for BC in terms of what he did so heroically, saving at least 12 people, at least. And that's probably a low estimate in the South Tower on 9-11 people. Yeah, it's an opportunity for us to remember him and also remember that the tragedy, but the good that came from it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it's encouraging that it's be, you can use this as a rallying point to help that you know, change the emotional keel and going into this game and bringing a new level, a different level of importance to it. Absolutely. The intensity will be cranked up. BC and Miami on Friday night at the Heights. Rich Canal, great to see you. Great Absolutely. job. Thank you for having well me. Well done. Good job, man. Thanks a lot. BC receivers, Coach, remember the name. Humble beginnings at WEI as an intern. That's going to wrap it up here at the BC Football Show. Remember, next Monday night, we're at Hillside Cafe on the BC campus from 7 to 8. For our producer, Steve Chaccio, special thanks to Jason Baum, Reggie Terry, Barry, Barry Gallup, and the cast of thousands here at Jake and Joe's. He's Cronin. I'm Mita Perel. Join us Saturday, or excuse me, Friday night at 6.30 on the BC IMG Sports Network. Have a great week, everybody. Good night from Jake and Joe's. Now this from Anheuser-Busch. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.